Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Well, it is a good morning to worship Jesus, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I really, I really wanted to preach yesterday at Cavern Fest because crowd was great so hey why not preachers always want to preach when the crowd's great so uh but i'm so glad that you're here today good to see everybody's smiling face my favorite side on sunday mornings praise god and uh i am excited that you are here who is ready to worship the lord with tithes and offerings today who's ready okay all right all right, it is a good thing. Let me, let me share this with you. From Romans chapter 11, verse number 16. There is a Bible principle here. Now, I know that in the context, this is not necessarily what it's talking about, but it is a Bible principle. Here, here's the principle. For if the first fruit is holy, holy means set apart for God. If the first fruit is holy... The lump is also holy. Okay, how does that apply to you? That applies in this way, that when we honor the Lord with our substance and with the first fruits of all of our increase, God says, if you bring that first fruit and separate it for me, for my use, he says, then all of it, is holy that means the other 90 percent that you get to use is also holy and how many know that the devil can't steal from god Amen. he might be able to steal from you but he can't steal from god Amen. so if you just give it all to god now to give it all to god you don't have to give him the whole hundred percent i mean physically Physically, what I'm saying is you don't bring, uh, you know, if your check was $2,000 this pay period, he, he, he's not saying you got to write a check for the whole 2000 and then, you know. All he says is bring me the first fruit. Bring me the 10th. Bring me the 200. You bring me the 200, and I receive that as the whole thing given to me. The whole thing is then set apart for God, and that's the best protection you can have from the devil stealing from you. Praise God. Just, just give it to God. The devil's not going to steal from God. Praise God. Praise God. So, 
With that said, it is a good thing to give to the Lord. Let's, I always like to lead you in this confession of faith, and we're going to do that in just a second. But, but before I do, I almost jumped over this, but uh, uh, you can give by going online to wolcarlsbad.com. Click the Donate tab there. You can text your giving to 84321. Just 8, like as in, you know, everybody's phone number starts with an 8. Uh, uh, no, it doesn't. Man, it's been a long time since I lived in an 8 uh, area code. Uh, but anyway, never mind that part. Uh, but, but get this, eight, and then just count backwards, four, three, two, one. All right? And then uh, you can give that way by texting your giving there, or you can um, give the old-fashioned way by putting it in an envelope. And it all gets to the same place and all does the same thing. And so, praise God. Uh, let's just lift one hand and make this confession of faith concerning our giving. Say with me, Father, I thank you. For the privilege of giving to you. As I bring my tithes and offerings, I set apart that first fruit as holy to you. And you said that the rest of it would also be holy. And I thank you that as I give, it is given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I'll have to give again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And as we are uh, receiving the tithes and offerings, uh, I'm going to ask, can you put that picture up that, on the screen? You knew I was going to ask that. So here we go. And I will explain. Um, Today, which was actually last night in the Philippines, we launched brand new Word of Life Reach Church in, uh, let's see, um, okay, I've got it right, right here on my note. I'm trying to say it correctly. Uh, let me get some help. All right. It is General Tinio. Nueva Ecija, uh, Philippines, okay? So this Sunday, today, which started quite a few hours ago for them, uh, they held their first service there. And so I want us to take a few minutes, and I want us to pray for them for the launch of that new work there in the Philippines. And uh, I just got the message on this last night. And so, uh, from Pastor Ray, but the, the pastor of this church, is, his name is Virgilio Ferraro. Kind of like a Ferrari, but Ferraro, okay? So, um, anyway, you might just jot that down, and, uh, and remember as you pray, to pray for the new work in the Philippines, and you could just say, Pastor Virgilio. And uh, so let's take a moment and let's pray for them this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up this new work that has been planted in the Philippines. And Father, we thank you for 
Pastor Virgilio there and the, and the work that he is, it, it has been called upon to do. And Father, we just thank you that your anointing rests upon him to do that work. And Father, we thank you that people will respond to the gospel, to the message that is being preached there in Jesus' name. And Father, we just speak blessing upon them. We speak increase upon them, Father, that everything that they set their hand to do, Father, that it would prosper. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that and we thank you that every need is supplied according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Father, that they have everything that they need to take care of that work. And Father, we just see that prospering and growing in Jesus' name. Give you honor for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. This is a pastor that uh, I don't know yet, but I am sure that I will be getting to know him. And uh, so looking forward to that. And uh, just, just keep them in, in your prayers. And uh, we are going to dig into the Word of God today right after we dismiss our bridge class. Praise God. Hallelujah. Did anybody get anything out of our uh, series that we started last week talking about when it's my time? Praise God. Anybody planning on dying this week? Not me. Not me. I got stuff to do, okay? I got people to see and places to go and things to do. Praise God. And so I, I'm planning on sticking around for a while. And... Uh, you know, the Bible does say that it is appointed unto man once to die. So I'm not one of these that says, you know, I'll never die. Because I know that if Jesus does not come back first, the day will come when I will. But uh, uh, I'm in no hurry. I always say it this way. A lot of people are in a hurry to get to heaven. Well, heaven's going to be there just as long when I, whenever I get there. And, uh, you know, there, there's no big hurry about getting there it'll still be there it'll still be just as good and it'll still be just as long and so uh there are some things that i cannot do once i go there and that is i'll never i'll never reach another person with the gospel of jesus christ now perhaps my memory will perhaps some things that i have have published and some you know and, and that kind of thing perhaps those will be instrumental in reaching people I believe that they will be but I will never personally impact another person for the kingdom of God once I'm gone from this life and so therefore uh, you know the apostle Paul said it this way for me to live is Christ he said if I stay on in this life it means more fruit from my labors and so Therefore, I am planning to stay on in this life for a while. Praise God. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. This, this message could literally be life and death for you. I mean, honestly, it could, it could be a life and death kind of message. And you need to get a hold of these principles here. Because, uh, you know, there, there comes times in our lives sometimes 
that we have an opportunity to die prematurely, you know. And uh, uh, I've just decided that I'm going to stay and finish my course. Praise God. Praise God. So um, we talked about that many people believe that God has promised us 70 years. And I shared this last week, so I'm not going to go into all of it, but I'm just going to hit the points here just to bring us up to speed of what we're talking about today. Many people believe that God has promised us 70 years. However, if you look carefully at that passage of Scripture in Psalm 90, I believe it is, um, that was penned by Moses. Moses lived 120 years. So, uh, and if you look carefully and read that entire psalm, he's really talking about, Moses is saying, teach us to number our days. He's saying, teach us how to make the best possible use of the time that we have. Uh, you know, if, if I live 100, if I live 120, if I live 500 years, even I talked about Methuselah, uh, or 969 years, his, yet there was a limit to his time on this earth. And whatever, our, in the light of eternity, our time here on this earth is limited. And Moses is saying there, teach us how to make the best use of our time. And that ought to be all of our prayer to make the best use of the time we have, whatever that time span is. Praise God. And then secondly, some say, well, our, our days, you know, God said that man's days would be 120. Well, once again, if we look at the context in which that was written, he wasn't saying that, that your lifespan will be 120 years. He was speaking that to Noah Noah was getting ready to build an ark, and he said, you got 120 years to get this ark built because then the flood of water is going to come on the earth. And then there was also a type and shadow there that uh, God counts time sometimes in, in uh, jubilee years, which is a 50-year span. And so 50 jubilee years is 6,000 years. And... Uh, uh, it, there, uh, we could spend the next two or three Sundays talking about uh, God's timetable and this kind of thing, but but literally, uh, there is uh, a six thousand year time frame that uh, you know it's been referred to as the Earth lease or the time that man was put in charge of the earth. At the end of the 6,000 years, Jesus returns and sets up his millennial reign, his kingdom on this earth for another 1,000 years. And uh, so, anyway, there, there's uh, a type and shadow alluding to that uh, that, uh, that we can learn some things from. But... He was not saying that man's time uh, lifespan would be 120 years. Now, you say, well, then how long are we supposed to live? You know, how long should we expect to live? Now, uh, I like to answer it this way. 
Psalm 91 tells me with long life I will satisfy him. Not, not God, but he's talking to me. He says, with long life I will satisfy him. You. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So we're going to get more into that. And so let me just ask you this question. Uh, you know, don't answer this uh, out loud, but, uh, you know, are you satisfied? You know, if you're not satisfied, then, uh, then don't die today. Okay? If you're not satisfied, then, uh, you know, it's not your time. There are several aspects that we need to get a hold of. And the question that I ask when I begin this series, did God stamp an expiration date on you? Many people believe that he did. Many people believe that when you, were, when you were born, that God stamped an expiration date on you and said, on this date, only God knows, you know, but on this date, you will die. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you don't do. And, uh, you know, you're just going to, um, at, at this point in time, you know, it, your time is up. doesn't matter where you are. Um, and... You know, I can say it this way, that uh, it's almost like some people believe that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what's going on, when your time is up, God's going to find a way for you to kill you. Yeah, I, I know that sounds terrible and that sounds blunt, but uh, that's just the way people think about it. That Well, they wouldn't say that. But what they would say is a little more religious-sounding words like, God will call you home, okay? Because he needed another flower for his garden. He needed another angel, you know. And so God's going to just, he's going to take you home, and there's nothing you can do about it, and there's nothing, you know. When your time is up, your time is up. And they also believe the opposite of that is true, that if it's not your time, that you can get run over by a freight train and you'll be fine. So, you know, uh, but, but where is the truth and does that, real, does that come from the Bible? Uh, you know, or does the Bible teach something different about that? Um, you know, you remember I alluded to this last week and talked, talked quite a bit about this but um, you see here's the thing that Jesus said to his disciples he said they, they got into a ship and he said let's go over to the other side once they got out in the middle of the, the lake Sea of Galilee they got out in the middle of the lake and it says that a great storm arose and the disciples became very fearful Jesus was he wasn't worried at all. He had already spoken them to the other side. Do you get that? He had already spoken them to the other side. Okay? Now, what we need to do many times is we need to go ahead and speak ourselves to the other side. And, um, you know, Jesus just went in the bottom of the ship and went to sleep. He was not standing up on the deck of the ship rebuking the wind and the waves. He did that because the disciples were worried about it. 
They were saying, Jesus, don't you care? We're, we're perishing. Well, Jesus didn't buy into this we're perishing thing, you know. Uh, Jesus wasn't perishing, and if they were with him, they weren't perishing. And so Jesus was not in the least bit worried about the storm. But many times we're rebuking things because we're actually operating in fear. And our rebuking is not in faith. It's actually a fearful thing that we're, we're terrified. We're, uh, you know, beside ourselves because of what's going on in our life. And we're thinking we're perishing, but we forget that Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Praise God. You know, I, I, I fly uh, around the world, halfway around the world a lot of times, and uh, I'm never afraid when I get on an airplane because I've got a word from the Lord to go to the other side. So I'm going to the other side. Praise God. And so, you know, uh, the best thing that you can do is to get a vision from God about what He wants you to do. You know what 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 does He what does He set before you in life? What is the the goal that He has set before you? Because if God has spoken about your future then his plan is for you to have a future. Do you get that? If God has spoken about your future, then he plans for you to have a future. Praise God. You know, God is not schizophrenic. He's not going to tell you, you know, lay out a five-year, ten-year plan for you, 20-year plan for you, and then next week is your appointed time to die. Wouldn't God be a little schizophrenic if he, if he did things like that? You know, sometimes we don't really think through what we're saying and what we're believing. And we need to do that. We need to think this thing through. If God has spoken about your future, he plans on you having a future. If he's spoken about the finish line, he plans for you to reach the finish line. And so, you know, uh, I, I've, known, I've known people that, that they didn't, uh, apparently didn't really understand this because they would talk about things in the distant future that God had given them to do, and then they succumbed to death before they got it done. And so let me just say this. Why is it so important for you to know what God has given you to do? Why is it so important that, that you know what he's spoken about your future? Because there may come a time when you have an opportunity to die. You know, uh, I want to talk about a couple of individuals in the scripture that uh, that are examples of what I'm talking about today. Uh, you know, two opposing opinions cannot both be true. Only one of them can be true. You know, either what Jesus said can be true, 
or what somebody else said can, it, 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 that's opposed to that can be true, but they can't both be true. Okay? I can't go that way and that way at the same time. Um, now, let's, let's look here. Faith comes by hearing. Now, what I'm telling you this morning, you need to, you need to grasp this with your faith. Wrap your faith around this. Praise God. Um, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. So once you have a word from God, grab a hold of that word and hold on to that word. Praise God. It may save your life this afternoon. Praise God. Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. Now, get this. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 18 in the King James Version says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. What was the problem with the disciples of going over to the other side? They had no vision of the other side. Jesus gave them one, but they didn't grab a hold of it. They didn't latch on to it. There are many of you that God's given you a vision of the other side, but you're not focusing on the, on the vision that he's given you. You're focusing on something else. You're focusing on the circumstances and the situations around you rather than the vision of the other side. Praise God. Now, John chapter 21, verse number 18 you notice this listen very carefully to this most assuredly I say to you Jesus is talking to Peter right here and he says most assuredly I say to you when you were younger you girded yourself now the details of this are very important so so pay very careful attention to this he said when you were younger you girded yourself and walked where you wished but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Now, let's, let's look at the details of this. You know, he says, when you were younger, you girded yourself. So keep that in mind. He said, you girded yourself, but when it comes your time, here's how you're going to know it's your time. Now, Jesus is foretelling this. Well, you know, he, he says that when it's your time, Another, somebody else is going to gird you. You girded, you, when you were younger, you girded yourself. But when it's your time, another, someone else is going to gird you. And he said, when you were younger, he said, you walked where you wished. He said, but, here's key number two. When it's your time, they're going to carry you. And then he says, um, but when you are old. Now, what can we learn from this, from that statement? 
he's going to be old. Right? So as long as he's not old, then it's not his time. All right? He said, you'll stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And this he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. Did you realize it's possible for you to glorify God in your death? Praise God. It's possible for you to glorify God in your death. How will God be glorified in your death? When you die, having done, having finished the course that he set before you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Acts chapter 12. We see Peter here again. Acts chapter 12, verse number 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison. Now, uh, if you back up a little bit and study this out, you find out that they had beheaded James. And the, the apostle James, they had beheaded him. And Peter was being held in prison, and they were planning on the next morning doing the same to him. The people, uh, you know, that, that gained points for... Uh, for these guys, for the, the religious leaders of, of that day to behead James, and they thought, well, we'll make some more points. We'll behead Peter, too. So they threw him in prison, were keeping him there, and the plan was the next day they were going to behead Peter, too. And uh, so Peter is being held in prison, and constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night, now let me just say this. You say, well, it was, all, it was the prayers of the saints that saved Peter's life. Well, I'll just say this, that the prayers of the saints were, of the church, they weren't really praying in too much faith because when Peter showed up at their doorstep, they didn't believe it. You know, he, he, he showed up on the doorstep knocking on the door and uh, and. and they didn't even let him in because they didn't believe it was really Peter. They thought, oh, well, this must be a, a ghost or something. And they didn't believe it was Peter. Uh, because they really, I mean, why would they not believe it was Peter? Because they believed Peter was in prison. And they believed he was going to be beheaded the next day. But they were praying. You know, sad to say that many times this is what the church's prayers have become that they're not expecting anything to happen. You know, oh, please pray for me. And then they go into telling you what's about to happen to them. Uh, I thought we were going to pray so that didn't happen. Okay? Um, but let's look here. He says, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. Hmm, there seems to be a common theme here. Jesus was sleeping when the storm was going on. Peter is sleeping. You know, if, if Peter was worried, uh, he probably wouldn't have been sleeping. Okay? So I think it's safe to say Peter was not really worried about this situation. Um, and... 
we'll find out why Peter wasn't worried about this situation. Um, it says, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone um, in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his, the chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, look at this, gird yourself. Now what did Jesus say? When it's your time, what was going to happen? Somebody else is going to gird you. Do you think Peter remembered what Jesus said? I think he probably did. It brought great peace to him. But, but Peter was already sleeping, so he really wasn't too worried about this. Why was he able to sleep? Do you think that maybe Peter didn't consider himself old? Jesus said he would be old. Maybe Peter thought, hmm, I'm not old yet. You know, some people may think I'm old. I don't think so. You know, I don't think I'm old. Um, but anyway, I'm thinking that Peter thinks I'm not old yet. And then, notice, he said, gird yourself. He's just confirming that it's not Peter's day because Jesus said, when it's your day, somebody else will gird you. And then he goes on and he says, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I lost my place there. Behold, an angel of the Lord struck him on the side and the light shone in the prison and he struck him on the side, raised him up and said, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off. And when the angel had said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals, and he did, and he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. Jesus also said, When it's your day, somebody else is going to carry you. But the angel said, follow me so do you think that Peter he knew he wasn't going to his death praise God because Jesus said they'll carry you then notice this and he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real he thought he was seeing a vision um, but See, here's the thing. When you have a word from the Lord, when he's told you, let's go to the other side, if you're not at the other side yet, then it's not your day. Praise God. When God's given you something to do, he's put a, a course before you for your life. This is why I say you need to ask God for a, for a vision, for a job to do. Lord, you remember the Apostle Paul, who was known as Saul of Tarsus at the time, but he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And the first thing that he said to Jesus, once he realized who he was, he, you know, he asked him, who are you? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you persecuted. The next thing that came out of Saul's mouth was, Lord, what would you have me 
to do. What do you want me to do? I encourage you today, if you don't already have a vision from God, if you don't already have a word from the Lord telling you your course of action, your course to proceed on, then you need to ask God, give me a course for my life. Praise God. And when he does it, then you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that when opportunity comes to get off of that course, be it death or be it something else, you know, sometimes it's not even death. Sometimes it's just that another opportunity to do something different arises. You know, I've had those times when God gave me a vision of, of building this church in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and put that vision on the inside of me, I've had opportunities to do some other things. But I wasn't tempted by that because I knew that God had already given me the course for my life. Praise God. Praise God. And he's not going to tell me to do something different when I haven't finished doing the one thing he already told me to do. This is why some people are, you know, some people are always changing stuff in their life. You know, well, I got to get new friends. I got to get a new job. I got to get a new spouse. I got to get a new, you know, this, a new that, a new house, a new car. A new, you know, always wanting to change something because they're always looking for something different. But if God's given you a course for your life, and let me just say this, if you are married, he has given you a course for your life, and the next pretty thing that walks by is not the plan of God. Praise God. Praise God. Or, let's be fair, the next handsome, sweet-talking thing that comes by is not the course for your life. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the Apostle Paul, let's look at his calling in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, God, the Lord is saying, I'm going to show him. Now, this is right after Saul of Tarsus came into to an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and accepted Jesus as his Savior. And, he, and, and this passage right here, the Lord is talking to Ananias, and he's telling him to go and to lay hands on Saul that he may receive his sight and receive the Holy Spirit. And so here, uh, the Lord's telling Ananias, it's okay to go because Ananias is worried about the fact that Saul of Tarsus was notorious for persecuting Christians. And he said, so it's okay 
I've chosen him, he said, and I'm going to show him the course for his life. And here's what he tells Ananias. He said, I'm going to show him that he's going to bear my name before Gentile kings and the children of Israel. And I'm going to show him all the things that he's going to go through in his life. Now, in verse, or chapter 19, verse number 21. And when these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem saying, after, uh, after I have been there, I, I must also see Rome. So the Lord had already given him a vision of preaching the gospel in Rome and, and had set him on that course to preach the gospel in Rome. In fact, uh, you know, some thought that, that Paul had... Uh, if you're not familiar with what, let me just bring you up to speed. Uh, Saul of Tarsus, he was, he was half Jew and half uh, Gentile. So he had a, um, uh, he, was a he was half Roman, and he, he was a Roman citizen, therefore. And so um, as a, as a Jewish or Roman Jewish person, uh, he had a Jewish name, which was Saul. Uh, Tarsus was the city where he was from, so he was known as Saul of Tarsus. And uh, he, as a Jew, he was named after King Saul, you know. Uh, or that was a, a, a common, let me just say it this way, that was a common name in the for for Jewish boys, Saul, and so he was known as Saul. But being a Roman citizen, he also had a Roman name, which was Paul. Now God had given him. I've heard people say this that God changed his name to Paul. No, God did not change his name to Paul. Uh, his name was already Paul. That was his his Roman name. And the reason he changed from using Saul to using Paul was because the Lord had shown him that he was going to preach the gospel in Rome, and he used his Roman citizenship to his advantage to get that job done. So uh, God had already showed him he's going to go to Rome. So anyway... Uh, Paul was being held as a prisoner, and, uh, you know, some say that he short-circuited his freedom uh, when he appealed to Caesar. He was standing in trial, and he said, I appeal to Caesar. Well, once he had appealed to Caesar, then that meant, as a Roman citizen, that he had a right that they were going to take him to stand before Caesar. That's what he wanted. It's exactly what he wanted because that was the vision God had given him that he would preach the gospel in Rome before Gentile kings. Praise God. So he did that intentionally that they would have to take him to stand before Caesar. That's probably the only way he would have gotten there to stand before Caesar was to appeal to Caesar. 
And as a Roman citizen, he had the right to do that. So let's, let's get this. Chapter 23. Now, um, Paul is on a ship headed for Rome. And, you know, he, he gave the ship's captain a warning. He said that if we depart from this ship, he said the ship and its cargo is going to be lost. Notice he didn't say, I'm going to die. He said the ship and its cargo is going to be lost. He's, you know, Paul's thinking, I'm going to Rome. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to survive this. But somehow the Lord's going to get me to Rome because he, he, is, he sent me there. So now we find um, the Apostle Paul on a ship, and a ship is about to sink. In fact, they're throwing the cargo overboard because they refuse to listen to Paul, and they set sail anyway. Because it was a bad time of year for them to sail. And they sailed anyway. And so they're out there in the sea. Paul is fasting. Now, is Paul fasting because he's afraid for himself? He's planning on going to Rome. He didn't know how he's going to get there, but he's going to Rome. But he's fasting for, in fact, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said, rise up and go ahead and eat. He said, because, he said, not only is the, um, he said, the, the ship and the cargo is going to be lost, but not one soul will be lost. He said, I have granted you the, um, the life of your traveling companions as well. So Paul was praying for them. He wasn't praying for himself. He wasn't worried about himself. He wasn't worried about what was going to happen to him. He knows, I'm going to Rome. But he is fasting for the lives of those that are traveling with him. Praise God. Praise God. Sounds kind of like Jesus rebuking the winds and the waves, right? Doesn't it sound, kind of sound the same deal to you? It does to me. Um, the following night, chapter 23, verse 11 of Acts, says, But the following night the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. So he's just encouraging him. And then uh, in chapter 26, verse number 16, says, But arise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and the things which, uh, will yet, uh, which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Now, Paul is recounting the vision that the Lord had given him. He says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, and they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So he sent him to Rome, and he said, you're going to make it to Rome. So Paul's convinced he's going to Rome, and guess what? The ship was destroyed, the cargo was lost, but Paul and all of the companions on the ship 
washed ashore on a, on, on a certain island. And, uh, you know, they eventually made it to Rome just as the Lord had said. And he eventually stood before Caesar just as the Lord had said. Praise God. Now, how many know that Jesus also had an opportunity to die? Jesus knew he was going to the cross. He, that, that was his goal. That was his vision to go to the cross. But remember the time when Jesus returned after fasting in the wilderness for 40 days and he came into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and they gave him the book of the prophet Isaiah and he stood up to read from this book and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor and so on and went through that passage. And he said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. And they got so angry that day that they took him out and tried to throw him over a cliff. But he passed right through the middle of them. And they didn't know where he went. Where did he go? And he was gone. And he passed right through the middle of them. He had an opportunity to die that day. They tried to kill him. But he knew, I'm going to die, but it's not going to be by being thrown over a cliff it's going to be by being crucified nailed to a cross for these people praise God and so he knew that day was not his day to die praise God now I say all that and I need to wrap it up with this this morning that if you have not finished your course it's not your time praise God it is not your time, and the best thing that you can do is get a vision of the finish line. How are you going to know if it's your time if you don't know where the finish line is? Now, would God keep something as important as that a secret from you? I don't think so. I don't think so. I've given you three examples from Scripture of people that they knew where the finish line was and when they had an opportunity to die they knew they were not at the finish line in fact Paul was even in, in, in the regions of Galatia and they got upset with him they drug him out of the city and stoned him to death and the disciples his, his, the, his guys gathered around him and he got up, went back into the city and preached again. You know, Paul knew, he, I mean, he even went to the point of he, uh, the, the, many Bible scholars believe that that day is the day that Paul talked about in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where he says that, uh, uh, I knew a man some 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but uh, uh, such a one was caught up into the third heaven, and he heard inexpressible things that it is not lawful for a man to utter. And he, and he began to talk about that, how that uh, he had been given this great revelation. Many Bible scholars believe it was that day that he was drug out and stoned to death, and that Paul was caught up and he got a revelation of the grace of, which he then later wrote about in, in, in books like Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, and, and he wrote about those things in Romans and, and uh, uh, that, 
it was at that time that Paul received that revelation. But it wasn't his time for, that, for, for it to be the end. He still had things to do. He had to bring that revelation back, and he had to preach that revelation, and he had to write that revelation so that you and I can have it today. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you see, Paul, Peter, Jesus, they weren't unique in that way from you. Praise God. God's got a job for you to do, and you have a purpose for being on this planet, and the best thing that you can do is find out what that purpose is and begin to go full steam ahead towards the finish line. Praise God. Because God wouldn't give you a vision that he didn't want fulfilled. Right? Does that make sense? God would not give you a vision that he does not want you to fulfill. He's not schizophrenic. Praise God. Praise God. So you can live with confidence, and if you know what you've got to do tomorrow, you can know you're going to wake up in the morning. Praise God. Praise God. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He said, but if I live on, it's going to be Christ to you. It's going to benefit you if I stay on in the flesh. He said, I don't know which to choose. Uh, you know, it would be better for me to just go on and be with the Lord. And if you read about the things that Paul endured in his life and ministry, you know that to be true. He could have entered on into the presence of the Lord and been, been in the joy of the Lord there, in the, in the very direct presence of the Lord. But he said, it's better for you if I stay here. Praise God. And he says, so, having said that, I think I'll stay. Praise God. He, he said, I don't know which to choose. And then he talked himself into staying. But notice, he had a choice. Most Christians don't know they have a choice. And I want to tell you today, you have a choice. Praise God. But notice the key is for me to live means Christ for you. He said, if I live on in the flesh, he said, it is going to mean more fruit from my labors. So therefore, I'm going to stay. Praise God. Now, are you satisfied? I'm not satisfied yet. I'm not satisfied yet because there is more fruit that, needs, that I need to bear. Praise God. There is more fruit that needs to come in for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I want to just lead you in a prayer right now. And... If you believe what I've been preaching to you, if you believe what I've been sharing with you today, then I, I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in this prayer first, and then I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to pray over you. But um, if you really, you really don't, you don't know what God's given you to do. You don't know your assignment. You don't know 
what he set before you to do, then this is the time we're going to ask the Lord for the vision. We're going to ask him to set the course before you. Now, you may not, you may not receive that word be, before you leave here today. I'm not going to tell you that you will. But I'm going to say in the, in the coming days, in the coming weeks, the Lord's going to begin to open up things to you. And he's going to begin to show you your course. Praise God. So you can know where the finish line is and then you'll know when you reach it. Praise God. Praise God. I can't tell you, you know, don't, don't look to me to tell you what your course is and what, what, the, what the finish line looks like for you. God will tell you directly. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just pray this together. Let's ask the Lord for the, for the vision and the direction. Say, Father, I know that you created me with purpose. You created me for a specific reason and to make a certain impact on life on earth. And Lord, I want to finish my course. I want to be able to say like Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I've finished my course. And then I'll know that I can go. But until then, I purpose in my heart, I will finish my course. That means that I've got to start toward it. Father, I thank you that you'll open my understanding and open my eyes to see what the course for my life is. And Father, you'll help me to fulfill the vision that you've set before me. Now I'm going to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over those that are under the sound of my voice today whether they're sitting in this room or whether they're viewing me online. Father, I pray over them today. Father, that there be a, a zeal, that there be a supernatural determination in their heart, that they will live and not die, and they will declare the works of the Lord. Father, that there be a determination in them that their life will make a difference will have an impact for generations to come on this earth. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, they've asked you and I thank you that in the next in the in the coming days and weeks that you're going to open their eyes to see clearly the course that you set before them. Father, and then to to have the determination to finish that course. And I thank you for it today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you're, if you're sitting here today, if you're watching me online, 
Maybe, maybe doctors have tried to set your finish date for you. Maybe they've said you have this disease or this this illness, and and uh, you know you're probably gonna your life's gonna be cut short because of this or that. Or you know, let me just tell you, I love doctors. I'm thankful for doctors, but they don't have the final word because they can't see the finish line. They can't see the finish line. They can see the temporal circumstances that are surrounding you, but notice what I said, temporal circumstances. They're temporary circumstances. And if the Lord has set the vision before you, you can look at the wind and the waves, or you can look at the Lord's word, let's go to the other side. And I encourage you today, look at what Jesus has said. Look at what the word of the Lord says to you and set that foremost in your mind and in your heart and shoot for the goal and nothing less. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that's step one. Step one. If you're here in this room today, Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life. He gave his life for you, not to you, for you. That means he expects that he gave his life, now he's going to get your life back. That's what he's expecting. Praise God. You've got to hear the message. Jesus paid for your sins in full. So your sin is not a problem. That problem's already been solved. Problem's already been taken care of. Your sin's not a problem. Maybe you've been told it is. It's not. Jesus already paid for it. Praise God. Believing is the problem, or not believing, I should say, is the problem. But you can become a believer right now by choosing to. You have the ability to choose to believe. So right now, if you believe that Jesus died on a cross and paid for your sins, and that he rose again on the third day, The only one step left is for you to verbally acknowledge that. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Praise God. Repeat this after me. Everyone, please. If you've been born again for 50 years or, or not yet born again, I still want you to repeat this with me. Praise God. Say this with me right now. God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And on that cross, he paid for my sin. He died. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. And he is alive now so that I can have new life. Today I choose Jesus, and I put my trust in Jesus for my salvation.
and none other. Not my good works, not some other way to God, but Jesus and Jesus alone. Thank you, Jesus, for paying for my sins. Thank you for saving me. I call you Lord, and I call your Father my Father. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you pray that prayer, if you're sitting in this room today, in the back of the seat in front of you, there's a blue card there. There's a place on that card that you can check that says, I choose Jesus. And then go to um, our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can download my book, I Choose Jesus, which will help you to get started following the Lord. If you're online, go, go to that website. Or, or use the app, the, w, uh, the Word of Life app. You can use that and, and download that book and read that book. It will help you to begin to follow the Lord. Praise God. But we want to celebrate with you. Praise God. So let us know what you've done. Praise God. Praise God. One last thing. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, Jesus said that the Father has a gift for you baptism with the Holy Spirit and he says that if you ask for it you'll receive it you receive the gift actually the gift is a person the person of the Holy Spirit Jesus said this everyone who asks receives so in other words there is not a chance that you would ask and not receive if you, if you ask and you mean it there is no chance that you will not receive. So let's ask, when we say amen, then here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a language that's going to come up from the inside of you. It's going to be a language you've never learned, but it is a language of the Spirit. Praise God. You're able to pray beyond your intellect. You're enabled to speak divine mysteries. You're enabled to pray when you don't know what you should pray for as you ought to. And it also empowers you to worship God in a greater way. Praise God. So when we say amen and that language begins to rise up in you, just say what's coming up out of the inside of you and begin to do that every day of your life. Praise God. Praise God. So let's pray this prayer. Say, Father, Jesus said, you have a gift for me. And he said, if I would ask you for it, I would receive. I believe what Jesus said. So right now, I ask you to fill me with your spirit. And I receive my gift now in his name. Amen. Now, we're going to speak out what's coming up on the inside of you. Speak it where you can hear it. Praise God. You need to hear yourself doing that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm so glad that you came today. I believe it's been a great day. Pastor Jason's coming to close us out this morning. It's amazing how many times in life that, that right there happens. You're like walking in the grocery store and you're trying to figure out which way to go and you end up just hugging. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Y'all are like, 
I've never had that happen in my life. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your goodness and your love that you show to us. God, I thank you today that you've chosen us purpose that's far bigger than us, and that is being agents of your love, sharing the most important message in the history of the world, and that you are so in love with mankind that you sent your son to die for them. So God, I thank you that as we leave this place, that we go out full of your power, full of your love, full of your wisdom, full of your peace, full of your joy. That it's not about us and that we'll live no longer for ourselves, but we'll live for you. God, we give you thanks and we give you praise. We lift up the request that's on this card today and we join together with our brothers and our sisters in Christ. God, that standing firm in the fact that your word says that it brings hope. God, we thank you that all our needs are met according to your riches and your glory in Christ Jesus. We give you thanks today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for coming today. Come back next week. It's going to be an amazing week. All right? We'll see you then. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you, and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website, and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus, and I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us, and remember that God is madly in love,